one. Welcome to another episode of the Fifth Quarter Conversations Beyond the X's and O's with Layson Perkins and Jeff Osterman. So uh, we are here to kind of do a review of 2021 and talk a little bit about 2022 and and where we're going and and what we're planning to do. And and Jeff, it's uh, it's definitely been an interesting year. I, I know for us with this podcast. Guys, I'm recording right now. Jeff, it's it's definitely been an interesting year. Uh, you know, it's there's been some ups and downs both for for both of us. And you know, you know, I know our intention when we first started with our, our first episode in February was that you know we wanted to try to give as much value as we could. And I think we've had some great guests on. We've had some great topics. I know that we've got more ahead. Coming into 2022, just some, just give me your thoughts and, and and your your thinking as far as this year and and where we at, where we're at with the podcast and, and and where we're going with it. I think it's like 2022. I think it's going to be better than 21. I we've had some great guests that I hope our listeners really enjoyed and got value. But uh, just from our talks, what we have up our sleeve for 22. Uh, it's going to be great. I think there's so many different roads and subjects we're going to go down. Um, I'm excited. I really am. And I think uh, we'll be able to take off. And uh, I don't think you and I have ever put a value on how many listeners. It's more of how we are affecting people. It's getting those texts or emails or notes saying, hey, I really enjoyed this podcast. I really learned a bunch or can you go into further in depth and so that's what i'm excited about for this show no i agree and i, th- I think that's something that i think we both had had said from day one that what it wasn't necessarily about the the number of audience you know members it was more about the value of the content the value that we were giving to people and you know every everyone that has shared with me has 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 been nothing but positive and of course you know i want to i want to build on that um Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot here, I, and and I, I can't think of a favorite episode or a favorite guest, but let's just quick review some. Who were some of the highlights, or what were some of the some of the best ones that that you can recall from this year? Great question. You know, we have so many friends that have really helped us on this journey, and we have some that we haven't even released that we have up our sleeve. Right. Um, You know, one, I think that you got insight when we had Coach Mike Teasley uh, up in South Carolina. I have always known how genuine he is, and and, and I just re-listened to it in the car uh, the past weekend. And uh, I love the fact that it came through to you and to others just why he does what he does and his true intentions, and he's a servant, and uh, he's having a great success. I think he took his first loss last night, but you know, someone like that really jumps out at me. Um, how about for you? Who's one that comes off? You know, I'd, I'd really have to say the the episode with George Evgen was was really good in a couple ways. I think the first one was George was the one that kind of opened my eyes to the idea of the crossover episodes and and combining business success with coaching success and, and being able to learn from others. And we're starting to kind of, we've started to kind of shift that, but just in, in, in looking at the success that George had with his podcast, you know, I'm thinking, Hey, well, look, you know, we can copy that and do something very similar. And just of course, you know, the stories about him working for Majerus and, 
you know, his connection to Don Meyer and, and then the story that he told us about the, uh, you know, his former player who's now the, you know, with the, the, the Milwaukee Bucks. It, it's just, it's just great. It's great stories. And I think you and I both can say, just tell a great story and you've got us hooked. I'm like, we're going to, you know, we'll stay here for hours just listening to, to great conversations and, and great stories about the game and about people that we, we love and admire. Yeah. And it's an avenue for us that we have guests that we don't know well. We might know their story, but we know it's a great story that adds value. And, um, you know, we've gone down the path with people and they hang up and you and I talk about, wow, I have so many notes that I've just learned. You know, new things are a different way of thinking. And that's kind of why we do the fifth quarter. I I believe you and I both could honestly say that just every guest that we've had on the on the show this year, we didn't want it to end. I mean, we could have kept going on for hours. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, there's probably some guests out there that you're, you know, that some guys are like, I can't wait to get this one over with and, and, and get done with. But we, you know, we've have had so much fun just having these conversations with, with all the different coaches and, and the, in the, in the, the conversations about books. And like you said, we've got other ones we haven't released yet. We've got more that we want to put together. Uh, going into the going into 2022, um, let's just kind of talk about memories of this year. I, I think I, I'd have to say for both of us, the 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 NBA draft experience of of, of being able to participate in that event was uh, is is one I'm certainly not going to forget. Yeah, I mean, and and you and I've discussed this probably more off the air because you and I both had kind of feel good stories about. Trey being drafted or four Monford guys in the first round. But, you know, the one thing we maybe didn't touch on is how many dreams burst that night, Lace, and how many guys got bad advice from an agent, a family friend that told them, no, stick in the draft, forget what the experts say. And, uh, you know, those are, those are the untold stories. And, and Europe is only taking so many guys uh, that would be an interesting documentary that let's follow some guys that didn't get drafted and how they end up. What are your thoughts? No, I would agree. I would, I would think just, you know, the path that some of these players are going to have to take now that, you know, their, their, you know, their, their story ended that night or the dream ended that night, at least for now, you know, but now that, now that it shifts, now they have to maybe go play in Europe or go play in a professional league somewhere else. And it may not, you know, it may be a couple of years before they can, you know, before they have that opportunity. I, you know, I think about PJ Tucker, you know, the, 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 the route that he took, you know, going from Toronto and then getting cut there, playing overseas and then coming back and now the career that he's had. And um, just knowing that it's, it's a up and down. I mean, you know, you and I have talked about Trey's recent, uh, you know, his, his situation with, you know, being sent down to the G league for a little bit, then coming back. And so, it's just it's it's a it's an up and down. It's just the way the league is, and just being able to kind of be able to kind of survive those situations and maintain, and still have a a professional mindset, a professional approach. I think is 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 really critical. Yeah, I think it adds to the story. When Trey gets the news, you're getting sent down. It's humbling because you have to call home and let them know, but. I think when it's all over and Trey tells his story, his success journey, that will be a defining moment when he found himself 
in a G League uniform. That's That wasn't part of the initial dream, but I think when it's all said and done, that will be one of the points he really can talk about and share, share with the next people. No, I agree. I totally agree. Um, so let's talk about some of the changes, some of the things that happened um, in the sports world this year. I mean, talk about turnover in <laughs> college basketball. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about the men's side earlier, but even on the women's side with Kim Mulkey leaving Baylor to go to LSU and some of the some of the changes that have gone on, it's uh, it, it's been a wild year. It has. And I think you, I, everybody reflects, you know, when you have this pandemic, you know, where are your values? How are you grounded? What's important to you? And and obviously with, with Mulkey, she felt her time at Baylor was done. You know, there's a lot of stories that she wasn't appreciated. Um, there are many, many that say she was and, you know, egos and things got involved. But she's found a good home, a place that's committed to winning. And, uh, you know, so credit LSU for going to get, uh, you know, one of the top coaches around. And, you know, and, and Baylor turns around and gets uh, Nikki Collin, uh, yep. who has that program, hopefully not missing a beat. And it's a win-win. There's no one can ever tell you this place is your final job. It's it's the be-all, end-all. I think we've learned, you know, even from the men's side, if I told you, Lason, a year ago, that four of the most blue blood programs would have coaching changes coming. So on the men's side, we're talking Duke with John Shire, coach in waiting, North Carolina with coach Williams retiring and Hubert Davis taking over Indiana, making a change and Mike Woodson, the NBA great coming back to try to revive that. And then Texas with, with Chris Beard and, you know, Shaka, outrunning the law maybe and getting Marquette. (laughs) But if I told you those four coaches or those four programs, would you have thought that could have happened? No, not at all. I mean, I don't think you'd ever, you'd ever think about, especially with, you know, especially here where I'm in the triangle, you're, you're, you're thinking as coach K and and coach Williams are going to coach forever. And just, you know, and then of course, when everything started to happen, of course, the speculation is, well, who do they get? You know who do they who do they go to, to to replace them? And that was just the the interesting conversations. And you know you know got to give you know got to give everybody credit. Chris Beard you know is, is stepping in and, and 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 you know building the Texas program. And you know obviously Hubert's going to need some time. Coach Davis is going to need some time to get Carolina back on track. I think I think Shire is you know is going to uh, it's same thing. It's it's you know you you can't coach. You can't be Coach K. You, he's got to be himself. And so, how does he put his stamp or his touch on the program after all these years of Coach K? And so, uh, I think that's going to be interesting. But then, but then, even some of the other minor stories with, you know, Arizona. You know, when you know when Lon Kruger retiring at uh, Oklahoma and, and now Porter Moser, you know, coming in. So, can he bring the same success, you know, that he had at Loyola? Can he do the same thing at Oklahoma? And then just kind of continuing to watch guys that, you know, that we both like and respect, like Musselman at Arkansas and, and, and you know, what he's trying to build there. And then, you know, talk about LSU with Will Wade, you know, is, you know, is he, you know, is LSU going to be for real right now? And then, of course, the big question is, you know, does Zaga do it again? Does Baylor do it again? You know, are we going to have the tournament again in one place like last year based on 
where everything's going right now with the, with the virus. I mean, it's going to be an interesting ride over the next couple of months. Let me put you on the spot. Out of the four blue bloods, and Shire obviously hasn't coached yet, when we look back five years from now, Layson, who made the best hire? Who was the most successful best hire? Is it Woodson, Beard, Hubert, or John Shire? I'm going to say Beard only because he's a proven commodity. I mean, he, look at what he's done at Texas Tech. And it's just, to me, it's almost like it's your it's your best bet. I mean, I could say Woodson second just because of his, you know, his, his league experience. I, I, the jury's way too early for, for Shire and Davis right now to, you know, to say. But I, I think that in the end, Beard to me is, is to me the safer bet. How, how about you? Yeah, I think if I said, you know, would you want to follow Coach K or Roy Williams? Those are tough. Uh, I met uh, Shire a few times over the past month. I think he's got the DNA. He has Duke written all over him. Obviously, he's had a great recruiting class, but it's early. I think safe bet is Chris Beard because, like you said, he was he turned Texas Tech into a half, and now and he's done it with transfers and second chance kids. But now at Texas, you're at a premier place where I think he's going to do it. He would be my safe bet. The coach I really liked, and I hadn't seen him much, is Tommy Lloyd at Arizona. I watched them yeah. the other night, and uh, I just loved watching them play. I think it was against Tennessee, maybe. It was against someone. They were down, and uh, he just was calm, cool, collective. His guys played hard. They ran great stuff. Um, so I'm excited to see where that program goes. All right, so let me throw another what if. Does Rick Pitino stay at Iona and possibly take the Maryland job? Heard that rumor pop up recently. I think you're going to hear Rick Pitino for any Northeast job. I say he's done. I say he stays at Iona. He lives at Wingfoot Country Club, which is 10 minutes with traffic top five, 10 golf course, I think he's done. Now, I do believe he'll try to get one of his guys. I don't think Richard, it's too soon for Richard to get it, but I do think someone in the Patino tree would probably be in play. Um, Yeah, I mean, who would have expected Turgeon to step down, pushed out, whatever it was going to be? He probably knew he was going to be done at the end of the year. But for him just to say, screw it, I'm leaving now, that was a shock. And then seeing the emotion of Danny Manning, one of his best friends, get there and, you know, in front of all the microphones. And uh, that was that was tough to watch. No, without a doubt. I mean, you know, who, you know, what coach, you know, comes into that situation and as an assistant and then next thing you know, now you're the head person. You know, now you're in an interim position, and so now, you know, you're thinking maybe, okay, I can I can get by for a year or two, and all of a sudden, you know, now the now the pressure is on, and you know, does does Manny want to be a head coach again? You know, after you know Wake Forest, you know, is this an opportunity for him to redeem himself? I mean, there's so many good storylines I think going in, you know, with college, you know, basketball right now that you know as we get into, you know, later in the season and the conference, it's it's going to be some good stories to watch, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think behind the scenes right now, 
the NCAA on the men's sides, they know they can pull the tournament off in Indiana. You know, I, I'll bet you a burger that there's already talks going on that they are ready to unveil that, that if this pandemic gets a little bit out of control, they're already ready to go with it, which is good and bad. You know, we had the tournament, we had games, except for, you know, VCU Oregon, it came out pretty clean. I do miss the home atmosphere of crowded gyms or, you know, the regionals who had a good location. But if you said that's all we're going to get, I'll take it because it's March Madness. Let's talk a little bit about the about the women's side. You know, you have a, um, you have the situation at UConn right now with with uh, with uh, the best player injured, and so how does Gino course correct? You know, in that situation, and then uh, just some of the, just you know, some of the continued you know, best programs, South Carolina, just continuing you know in their winning ways, and 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 other programs as well. What are your what are your thoughts there? I mean, Gino right now, he has Paige Beckers out, they say February, and I think that's best case scenario. So you're thinking February, does that become March? I don't know the prognosis. Um, you know, that's just what we can read. They have the other kid, the freshman from Maryland, who's as good as anyone around, and she's been out. And uh, so he's without two. He had a couple kids that weren't playing. So I think he's down to about eight. And uh, But he still can beat anybody. And Louisville got him at the wire. Uh, South Carolina, to me, has the most talent. I think as long as they shoot it, they're going to defend. They'll be athletic. They'll deny a lot of things. I worry if they shoot it well enough. Um, Stanford has all the pieces that will come into play. I don't know how they do athletically. I think they can get caught, you know, and then there's some programs that, you know, Oregon had all the talent devastated by injuries. Will those kids be back? You know, Kelly Graves can coach. So if those kids get back, it would be interesting. Um, But, you know, how does Gino come through conference where, you know, he went undefeated every year he was in the American. Now he's back to the big East. Can DePaul, who scores a lot of points, catch them on the right night? I think they could. Um, but I would love to watch a practice right now with UConn women just to see, you know, how he's building up some kids who maybe he didn't plan on having a big role. And, and now they're forced into it. So, um, you know, it will be a good tournament again. He's probably using some stuff that he didn't talk about in that master class that he did. <laughs> he has a few tricks, I'm sure, up the sleeve. And, um, you know, and again, UConn up or down, it's still everyone's season to beat UConn. And right. I think they have another matchup with South Carolina coming, you know, so that will be interesting. Um, you know, the conference, I think he would do, I think DePaul scores enough to bother him. Um, I don't know if he has any other non-conference ones left, but, you know, one of the things when I think of 21, the NIL, I think for the next 10 years and beyond was a game changer. I think, you know, the student athletes and people had talked about how 
and if or what they should get paid. But now with the NIL Lason, you think it's a game changer to stay? I think it depends on the school, the situation. And, you know, I, I, I think, you know, and the reason I say that is that you look at, especially in the SEC with football right now, Alabama has done an incredible job and Texas A&M has, has done an incredible job utilizing that. My beloved Tigers, though, are, are are a little bit behind at the moment, and so they're they're slowly catching up. So, but I, I think it I think it can be. I think in the right situation, in the right setting, it it it, it, it definitely keeps players there. But what about those schools that don't have the resources or don't have the ability to throw out the the, the money and throw out the cash that you know the, the Power Five can can do? You know, it does it. You know. Is that where we're at? I think eventually I think we're heading to where it's just the power five and it's on separate conference. And then all these other schools is, I don't think it's a matter of if it's more, it's going to be more of a matter of when, in my opinion. Yeah. I think it's going to be have and have nots. And when I heard this, I wasn't sure. So Tennessee Val football offensive lineman, Cade Mays, I think they project him maybe a third or fourth round pick. The other four offensive linemen are coming back. And he said, yep, I just, I'm not sure right now, but if I found the right NIL deal, I would come back. And he just put it out there. Like if someone legally wants to pay me to endorse, you know, their ice cream, I'll come back. And I was just a little bit taken back, but then I'm like, everyone else is doing it. And uh, people have been doing it for years. Yeah. Um, it's just now know, in the open. It's just that one to open. You know, when you go on your visits, you talk to an academic advisor, you look at the dorms, apartments, but then you're meeting with people and say, what opportunities do I have with NILs? And that's that's where we've gone. I think it is going to head to haves and have-nots. I've thought for years, eventually, the NCAA will disappear. I think whatever happens... They're going to invite people to the table. They're going to tell you, we're going to invite 64 people to the adult table. And we're going to take a lot of things in. Obviously, it's driven by football. But we're going to ask you once, do you want to join? leave the NCAA and join the Super 64? You know, And you have the no-brainers that they're going to take in a Stanford, a Notre Dame, um, a Texas. You know, But then you have some places where football you know, is okay. And do they get invited? And if you go through all the conferences, you get to 64 quick and there's some people left out. Right. You know, someday maybe we need to go through the super 64. We'll agree on the first, probably 54. And then we'll see who's getting left out. Well, I'll tell you what, that would probably be a good conversation to bring Matt Brown back in and, and get his, his, his thoughts on that. Now, Something that just kind of occurred to me as we we kind of talked about the the situation with the NIL is that are we eventually moving to a situation where you know how the coaches coaches have agents? I mean, Jimmy Sexton pretty much represents everybody in the SEC. Is there going to be somebody that basically represents all the players at a particular school, or you know, somebody that kind of pops up now to be kind of the players' agent, so to speak, and negotiate deals for them? Because you know, some of these kids are probably, you know, we know are probably coming from situations where their family just doesn't have a lot of business acumen. And so, you know, in order to make sure that they're, you know, t- taken care of and, and not abused in that situation, 
that you know these deals are getting negotiated for them? Or is that the school's responsibility? The school is going to handle that 100, 100% for them versus somebody on the outside, you know, kind of handling that. I think it's an opportunity knocking for you and I. That we can, <laughs> exactly. We can get into this, but you're right. So when the Alabama next quarterback, who's a sophomore in high school, and some card dealership says, hey, we're going to give you 50000 to do a commercial. Wow, 50000 sounds great. But could he have gotten 100000 Is that his value? And who determines that? Right. So that's where I think if Jack is the next quarterback at LSU and you're not sure, I would think you would want a family advisor and how whatever we have to call it. But I think these people are all of a sudden going to have marketing agencies. And, you know, there's guys in high school now, they have their own clothing line, you know, and they have their different T-shirts. They're building their brand. And what's scary is you've got to make sure you don't make mistakes because all those deals you make a mistake on social media, those deals kind of disappear. But if I had someone talented like that, I would have a family advisor and and you and I, we'd think outside the box, you know, that what are we not tapping into besides the restaurants, the car dealerships? Because now it's all legal. You know, can we make a deal, a 10-year deal, not just while jack's in college but uh, let's sign today jack will do a 10-year deal for your car place okay so now even if jack doesn't turn out well enough to be a pro or gets hurt okay jack has income for the next 10 years how many other boosters that maybe couldn't afford a lump sum will pay me a smaller amount but 10 years no, those are those are really interesting points, and, and then you start factoring in. Okay, well, if the if the player is, you know, if the player is making this much money off of these endorsements, then who's paying for the insurance if he's looking to, you know, possibly go into the draft? I mean, he's obviously generating income, so you know, again, the eight possible agents, stuff like, yeah, I just think there's just so many. It's a it's a wild west, kind of like what Matt said before. It's a wild west here, and I I don't think there's going to I think there's going to be so much more that comes to this. We're, we're, we're going to look back in a year going, can you believe this? You know, can you believe that they've done this now? Yeah, I I don't know how compliance can try to be in charge of it. You know, it's kind of a moving target and what's legal, what's not. And, you know, for years it's always happened. But now that it's above the board, it's free game, and it's going to be somebody thinking and just coming ahead. But what I've read recently is there's high school. Now it's trickling down. There's high school players right. that want to get paid as an influencer. That, you know, this is the best soda. This is the best barbecue sauce, whatever. But, okay, well, how does that affect eligibility and going down these paths that, I'd love for us to think about how many endorsements, you know, if you have the next great quarterback who's a high school junior, senior, how many things could we come up with and endorsements and, you know, almost sign it before he ever plays or has a chance to get hurt. 
that Coach Saban, we're going to come here, but we've already got our plan laid out. You know, if you could introduce us to a few of your friends. And um, I just saw today the Tennessee quarterback, Hooker, who's coming back for another year. He has, he and his brother, besides the T-shirt, he has a comic book, but it deals with religion and it's kind of a cooler approach. And then he has scripture cards that you can keep on your desk. But to think how many Tennessee Vols who just want him to be their quarterback, how many comic books are they ordering? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's it just I, th- I just think it makes for so many interesting storylines going into uh going into 2022 and then beyond. So um okay, we're get, we're getting ready for the college football playoffs here. Predictions. Who 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 do you have? I have an SEC rematch, and what I'm hoping happens is, and this I just learned, that the number one ranked team, which was Alabama, had their choice. He could have played the early game or the late game, and he gets to pick his location. So he picked the early game, Texas. Not as much trouble, Texas versus you know, Miami or Orange Bowl. But what I would like to see happen is an SEC rematch but after the games, they send Alabama to a bubble in Montana. They send Georgia to a bubble in Wyoming. Nobody gets sick. Everybody's healthy. And it comes down to whoever has the ball with, you know, a minute left. They go the length of the field. So I'm hoping SEC. What about you? I, I mean, again, I have to be I have to be an SEC loyalist here since I, I you know I love LSU, but I, you know, I have to. I have to say, it's probably going to be Bama. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know after the the last. You know, after the SEC championship, if Georgia is going to be able to bounce back as quick. Um, you know, from that, of course. You know, I think it's going to be really interesting with Cincinnati playing with the chip on the shoulder for respect. You know, how far does that take them in this? And of course, you know, the storyline with with you know with uh, Michigan. You know, you know, finally getting there. You know, and and how much. Does that buy, you know, um, Jim, in terms of just, you know, longevity within that program? Is it enough to kind of hold it, you know, to, you know, to hold him for a little bit longer until he loses to uh, Ohio State again? Yeah, it's the same thing. Never bet against Saban. You lose money. Yeah, exactly. And, and if he if he has time prepared, which he has right now, yeah, you, you're, you're, that's a that's a that's a sure bet. So, um, all right, so Jeff, let's talk about. Um, you know, we're always talking about different books, we're, we're different things that we've come across, podcasts. Anything that jumped out to you last couple of weeks since we spoke that that you've really enjoyed, or, or, or titles that you you recommend going into the going into twenty twenty two? One of the plans, you know, I want to read a bunch of books. One of the first books I'm going to read in twenty twenty two is I'm going to reread Legacy, one of our favorite books. Okay. That I just think for where I am in my life, in my career, I want to read it again because I think you'll get so much more out of it. So that is, um, that's one that's quick up on the shelf. Um, I have a few faith-based books. I have one, uh, I think you might've given it to me, The Second Mountain. Um, mm-hmm. yes. that's on my, they're on the top of my list. How about for you? 
Well, I'm very excited to, to, to read the two books that you that you gave me for Christmas. Could, just share a little bit about those titles, why why you thought I would enjoy them, and, and just kind of the, the little bit of history on those. I think for you, you're an easy shop. Like, <laughs> there's so many avenues I can go down. But I think, I mean, the basis of this podcast, our friendship, it, it's family, it's faith, it's being able to lean you know, on one another and say, Hey, I need help. I got a question. What would you do? And, um, just, you know, one of the books probably like you, if someone recommends a book, I automatically take a picture, add it to my Amazon cart. And, um, I think it was someone at work had recommended it. And, you know, so then I'll go back, I'll research and most books fit you. But that one, I just thought about, you know, you and I are on a journey. And uh, so that's what really connected to me. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I, you know, I picked up a, a couple other books over the last couple of weeks that I'm really excited about. You know, um, one of them is the the Will, the, the Will Smith book, uh, which uh, I thought was very interesting. There was a, uh, somebody had quoted an excerpt from the book and kind of uh, compared it to Matthew McConaughey's biography, uh, Green Lights, mm -hmm. and talked about it in terms of just the lessons learned from it. So um, really looking forward to reading that one. In fact, I even bought a, a copy for Trey uh, and, and sent it to him as a, um, as a gift. Um, I just started reading a book called The Gift, 12 Lessons to Save Your Life by Edith uh, Eager. And Edith Eager was a, um, is a Holocaust survivor. Her family was killed at Auschwitz. Uh, she is a psychotherapist, very similar to Viktor Frankl, and, and kind of the very, very same message in that you know it's you know it's not what happens to you, it's how you respond, uh, and, and your choices that you make in those situations. So, um, really, just started kind of getting into that. I'm about uh, probably about 25 percent uh, through it right now, but so far, really good read. And then, um, you know, another one was a uh, book that. I think I gave you a copy as well, uh, Personal Socrates uh, by Mark Champagne with the questions. And that's, you know, that's one thing that I, I really want to do a better job going into 2022 is journaling and just, you know, having a series of questions that I ask myself on a weekly basis just to kind of measure where I'm at and where where I feel like I need to be, you know, and, and, and kind of help me in my journey. And I think for me, the hardest part sometimes on some of the journaling books I might think, oh, this question's corny. I don't want to write down something. But for me, I'm a visualization person that if it's a to-do list, a honey-do list, if it's dreams, things I want to accomplish. So I do need that. And, and you and I talked before the show about, you know, things personally that I want to accomplish in 2022 and, and to writing them down and to almost check the box. If it's, you know, to read 25 minutes, you know, four times a week. And then on Sunday night, I can look back and say, wow, this was a good week, you know, or I didn't make it because of some other reason. Um, you know, so I think journaling for me is one of the big things I want to accomplish in 22. Yeah. And, and if anybody has ideas on, journaling or organizing your thoughts i'm wide open because you know I'm, I'm sitting here looking at all the different notebooks that i have stuff in and just trying to keep it all together and then put it in a system that allows me to review it 
um, frequently and, uh, you know, be able to pull ideas from it. So um, what other thoughts? I mean, you know, you, you, you mentioned earlier, we, we were talking about just some different things that happened this year. And uh, I think it was about two weeks ago, I was watching the golf tournament uh, in Orlando and watching Tiger and his son play and, and what a special moment that must have been for them to be able to play together, you know, on that course and considering, you know, what he's gone through recently. And of course, both of us being fathers, just being able to spend time with our children and, and, and kind of share those, those moments. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it was polarizing. I mean, obviously John Daly and his son won it. His son is a Montverde Academy graduate. Oh, okay. And, uh, yep. He's a freshman at Arkansas and, and Tiger, everyone has their opinions. Uh, obviously he's made a lot of mistakes like we all have, but to me, the joy was watching the mannerisms of his young son and then watching him. And it was almost a mirror image, but for him, who's, you know, trying to overcome demons and recovering health wise to be able to play and his son to play that well, that just, I, I wish I was Tiger inner circle just to, you know, sit back and learn and listen about what that felt like. I think, you know, that's, you know, will he ever play again? I don't know if he'll play on a tour if he's not going to be competitive, but after watching, he'll be competitive. But can his knee hold up for 18, four days in a row, hills, rain, and all of that? I don't, if you say, can he win a major? I say no. I, I, I just don't think, I think there are too many other good golfers. Um, you know, but as a father, that was a fun story to watch. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm like you. I, I kind of, kind of wish I could be there on the practice range with them and listen to the things that he shares with with Charlie and, you know, just the it, not necessarily maybe technical advice on on the on the swing, but just advice in general and and wondering and knowing that at some point, you know, I'm sure that there's going to be questions and there's going to be you know he, he's going to want to know more, you know, and then how do you have that conversation and how do you you know, how do you talk about it in, in a way that, you know, again, that, you know, he, he doesn't avoid it, but he, you know, he's going to, you know, take ownership and, you know, and talk about it and, and what can you build from it? You know, it's not, again, it's not what happens is how do you respond and, and, you know, how do you respond from, from, from that to, to build something that, you know, that would be a, a legacy, you know, to, to, you know, to Tiger and, and, and what he's meant to the game. So um, any other thoughts, NBA, baseball, what, uh, uh, anything else that you're thinking for this year? I'm not. Will talk- the Yankees come back? Will the Will the I'm Yankees not talking come back baseball. this year? As a New York Yankee <laughs> fan, I am not talking about baseball. I am unhappy. I uh, I I talk with George Steinbrenner and ask him to please come back and impart some wisdom. Uh, the New York Giants, they're not very good either. And of course, I mean the great story is obviously with. Tom Brady, was it him or was it Belichick? And with him being in Tampa, that was fun. But uh, let me ask you right now, Lason, give me college basketball, men's final four. Tell me four teams you've got in there. I knew you were going to do this to me. I mean, right now, I could, the only ones I could really think of would be, I'd have to say Gonzaga. I'd have to go with Baylor. Um, the other two, boy, at, 
it's gotta be hard. I, I can't really, I'm not really at the point right now where I can start kind of narrowing down who my two were. Um, you know what? I'd love to say LSU. I'd love to have LSU in the final four. I think maybe the pieces could be there uh, this year for us to, to make a run, but um, you know, and then who's that fourth team? I mean, who, who, who could, who could it be? I mean, you know, I like Purdue. I, I like the way Purdue's playing right now. And so, you know, what they're, what they're big, is that enough of a game changer to where, you know, they could take, as long as, you know, he doesn't get injured, you know, is it enough to take them, you know, all the way to, you know, to the final four? What about you? Purdue early was my pick. You know, I didn't want to just pick Gonzaga because everyone picks Gonzaga because they're loaded. Um, but I would probably go Purdue. I'd go Gonzaga. I saw Kansas this year. I saw them lose in Orlando, but I think they've got enough pieces. Um, I'm a Scott Drew fan. I don't get to watch him enough. Um, I'm going to take Arizona. Okay. That's my fourth. You Interesting. Know, I, I need a good odds, and I like Tommy Lloyd. And, uh, you know, all right, what about this? Coach K, is he coach of the year? Oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that. I, I, I can't say. I, I would say no. I, I think there's. I, I haven't again. I haven't really kept up with enough to say who is going to be that that surprise coach right now, uh, who would be coach of the year. But I, I just don't. I don't. I don't see it being him. Right. I think. He gets a lot of votes on I wish I could vote for him, but I think college basketball, unless he deserves it, unless Duke is one of those, uh, I don't think he gets it. I think they stick with, you know, whoever the most deserving. You know, a team I wouldn't count out is Kentucky. I know they took lumps early. But he's got a lot of talent. Um, I told you I liked Baylor. UCLA is another team that if they hit their stride, you know, that's something that happened in 21 that we might not have bet on that. UCLA, I think they went first four to final four that Mm -hmm. not many people thought Mick Cronin would get them in the final four that quickly. Right. So, All right, my next one, NCAA men's tournament. Do they all end up in one site, or does it go back to tradition? I think it ends up in one site. I think with the way things are heading right now with, with the pandemic, I think it it has to be the safe the, the safe bet in order to pull this off. They have to go back to one place. I agree. Yeah, we talked. I'm sure there's conversations. The women were Texas last year, uh, but the NCAs in. Indianapolis, I agree with you. I think it comes back. I think it happens. How about the Olympics? Do the Olympics happen? No, I don't think the I don't think the Olympics happen. I think that uh, there will be enough of of uh, with the travel restrictions and stuff right now. I don't see that happening. And let's hope that the women do get better equipment this year and a better setup than they did last year. Uh, hopefully, the 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 tournament organizers have learned their lesson from that one. And. They would be telling a long tale if they said we never realized. Everybody realizes, and you know, shame on them. But it's been going on for years, and 
that could be another show. What is fair? Does it have to be weight room? That could be exact. You know, one of the things, and they're all in the same office, the women, there were some that complained, why does it have to be the women's final four? And then the men just have the final four. Well, the women wanted that. That's what kind of came out. And I think the NCA and Emirate eventually said was they wanted the women's final four. And I think it's okay to be different. You know, the, it, it's the same game, but it is a little bit different. And, um, you know, those are things down the line that as long as it's fair, you know, for your son and your daughter, I think that would be good. Do you think realignment's done? No, 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 no. I, I think there's, I think there's more to come, especially with the money that's being involved right now. Especially when we going back to the conversation we just had with the, with the name, image, and likeness. I think there's more to come, and I think that I think eventually all we're doing with the alignment is we're just leading it up to that final, that super, that super conference, or you know, that super, you know, sixty four, yeah. super sixty four, and then everybody else. I think that's just that's just where the path's heading right now. Yep, I think north, south, east, west. If if each got sixteen, of course sixty four is a magic number, you know, sixty six or whatever it is. But yep, I'm interested to see. I think there'll be a lot of shuffling smaller institutions. Who's the next major player to make a move? Is it Nebraska wakes up and goes, I don't know about this fit we're in. Right. But the presidents are involved. There's a lot of money involved. I want to see who the next major institution to make a change. Absolutely. And, and I don't even want to think about hot seats right now for <laughs> for, for college football. I already dealt with one. You know, I survived one. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm wishing Brian Kelly all the best at Baton Rouge. But, uh, I, you know, I can't even think of right now like hot seat for, for college basketball, either men's or women's side. I guess the one question I would have is that on the women's side, does 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 Tara Vanderveer retire? Is this the year? Should she have done it when she won it? Um, again, how much gas is in the tank? Is she still having fun? I think her assistant Kate Pay. I know it was always thought she would be the coach in waiting. I don't know if it's official coach in waiting. Um, I mean, she's got to be up there, you know, but that may be what's keeping her young and active and, and she just loves it. Those are things you don't know. I, I, I know she has a summer house or another house upstate New York that she enjoys getting away. I think the thing that will drive her is the recruiting, you know, but Stanford recruits a little bit different and right. different kids, but that's, that's what's getting people out of the game. It's, it's not the everyday coaching and teaching. It's the recruiting and, you know, the slippery slope it's going down. I guess last question. Uh, and, and it's, is it the Warriors or? Good question. You know, um, you know, Phoenix playing better maybe than people thought. Lakers playing worse than people thought. Right. Brooklyn hasn't had their team together yet. Right. As a Nick fan, I say the Brooklyn Nets win it all. Interesting. 
Yep. I think if they, and it's if, but of course, if they get those three on the same page and it seems they're going to find a way for Kyrie to play, I think Brooklyn wins. How about you? I, I, I'm still going to go with the Warriors. I mean, I, I mean, let's, you know, as soon as Thompson gets back on the floor, that just changes again, the dynamic. And it just, it goes from great to greatest in, in a sense. So I, this will be interesting. I, I think, I think a, a Warriors Phoenix final would be incredible uh, to, you know, to watch that play out. I'd love to see a, uh, a Brooklyn Milwaukee, mm-hmm. you know, final in, in terms of, uh, of that one occurring. But again, I mean, who, who's, who's, who could be your surprise? I mean, Cleveland all of a sudden is, is starting to play, but you know, are they going to, you know, are they going to hit a wall here soon? And, you know, what happens with Ben Simmons? You know, where does Ben end up? Exactly. Exactly. There's, there's so much, which I think just while we, while we have these conversations, while we enjoy watching the, the different sports guys and, and just kind of hear the, the different back and forth. But uh, I, Jeff, this has been a fun year. This has been great conversations. Uh, so much growth for both of us. And, and I just appreciate your friendship and appreciate what you mean to me and my family. And I'm really excited about where we're, where we're heading to 2022 with, with new content and, and new guests and, you know, just where we can take this, you know, take this again. Yeah. I mean, it, the fifth quarter is great. It doesn't compare, of course, to our friendship and and, and what you mean to me. And, um, you know, uh, growth is a great word. Um, one that, you know, you and I talk more just about how we can get better and how we can help others. And uh, so the fifth quarter is great, you know, and, and we just love getting together. So this is always a lot of fun. Coaches, again, Thank you for for joining us on this episode. And, and look, we're we're looking to you for ideas and 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 thoughts on guests, books, topics. I mean, you know, there's there's still some things that we really haven't scratched the surface in terms of ideas that we could talk about uh, that uh, have just you know over the last you know I'd say couple of weeks I'd kind of jot down in a notebook of something to mention to Jeff or something that we should consider down the road. But we we want your input because again we want this to be of value to you. So. So please reach out to us through through Twitter, uh, through It's the Fifth Quarter uh, Twitter handle, and just, again, give us your feedback. And uh, we, we appreciate your support and your friendship uh, as coaches. And, and uh, we'll just continue to get better and, and grow this game and, and help each other grow.